Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 147 of the podcast for May 15th, 2012. Today is part two of a podcast from back in late February, episode 140. And we have, uh, again, Peter Armstrong and Scott Patton, the co-founders of LeanPub.com. In this episode, we're going to be talking uh, in more detail about their application of the Lean startup methodology in the development of their publishing platform and services. So you'll hear a little bit of the story about how I was uh, you know, trying to be an early adopter of LeanPub, um, some of the challenges there, what they've learned, and how I eventually went and published uh, a best of Lean Blog 2011 publication that you can find at leanpub.com slash leanblog. I um, hope you all enjoy this discussion. If you want to learn more about Lean Startup, I've got two podcasts with Eric Reese. You can find those at leanpodcast.org. Um, he was recently on episode 142, and I also talked to him last year uh, about his book, The Lean Startup. That's episode 115. So you can go to leanblog.org slash 115 or leanblog. Dot org slash 142. And one other point, uh, because what you're listening to now, even though it's being released in May 2012, was recorded in late February. So some of the features that Scott and Peter talk about as coming soon are actually already out there um, as part of their service. Um, that's the speed at which a lean startup evolves and continues improving both their product and the business model. So I'm really a big fan of the work they're doing at leanpub.com, and I hope you enjoy today's podcast. All right, well, so this is part two of a really lively discussion with Scott Patton and Peter Armstrong. They We are talking about leanpub.com. Um, thanks for being back on the podcast, guys. Anytime. So in the first part of the discussion, and we talked about, um, I think, a lot of really interesting things about, quote unquote, lean publishing and this kind of you know iterative approach to publishing, treating a book like a startup, um, like a lean startup, if you will. So let's focus more now on leanpub.com, you know, kind of the, the, the product and what you're doing. Um, you know, again, in terms of disclosure to listeners, I've been um, a customer of yours. I've, I think I've seen um, a lot of your evolution you know, over the last uh, year or, or maybe a little bit more. Um, so I'm curious, you know, tell, tell us a little bit more of the story of leanpub.com. Did you have a minimum viable product? Did you go out and test and see, you know, did you have a market back to the classic question of should you be doing this as opposed to can you do it? Okay, give us, you know, some context to start that story. So um, interestingly enough, as a lean startup, our first customer was Eric Reese our first author. Um, so we all, it all started when we, we had the idea of lean pub. Eric came to town just as he was sort of on the verge of super blogger stardom. When we had him, he came and talked at a Ruby meetup that Peter organized at the time. And, and you guys are up in Vancouver. And we're up in Vancouver. Yeah, Vancouver, yeah. BC. Yeah. He came up to talk to conference and then he talked to the meetup, my meetup that night. So we went out with him after and we were having beers and he was like, we were telling him about lean pub. And he said, you know what I really want? I want, I've got all this good stuff in my blog that nobody reads anymore because it's, you know, six months old. I want to surface that. I want to turn that into a book. And I looked at Peter and said, we can yeah, do, that. We do that. We can totally do that. And so we did that for Eric. And that was our, our, first, our first big customer, right? And we, 
one of our questions was, and Eric asked this question, and our second customer, Nivi from Venture Hacks, asked exactly the same question. This stuff's all available for free on the internet. Why would anybody pay for it? And we said, well, we think they will. So let's do it. So we did it. We put it up there, and sure enough, people were paying. Yeah, um, even though like this isn't this is like even though both people are upfront, this is just blog content. It's all freely available on my blog. Go here. You're, there, there actually is value in buying an ebook of a blog, right? And even if there's no curation done, because for example, a blog is in like reverse chronological order. So if you want to go to the beginning of time and read forward, it's annoying. Um, I'm reading on a computer screen versus reading on your Kindle. Right. So this is like, if you think about the things like Instapaper, right? This is like the whole book version, right? Instabook. Um, Instabook. Um, but, you know, beyond just that, there's the real opportunity isn't just taking a, a blog and like barfing it into a PDF. Um, like, I mean, obviously Eric and Nivy are such superstar bloggers that they can do that and, and sell it because almost everything they write is worth reading and the stuff that they write that's not worth reading, like, Hey, I'm going to be in F- at Facebook on Tuesday and there's going to be pizza. That kind of stuff is kind of funny because it gives a sort of feel of like, you know, you're going along for this ride through the ideas. But, um, the, we don't think we, we weren't at one point as we evolved lean pub, we weren't sure whether that was like whether the blog barf was really our <laughs> business. Mm-hmm. And right. what we really see is the, what lean pub is really about is an in progress book. Is self-published in progress ebook. So that's our vision, right? That's the thing we're going for. Yeah, and so a blog, a blog is a starting point because if you think about well, you know writers, what do you think about if I say writers and block, right? Well, what's writers block? It's well, I have a blank page sitting here and I don't know where to go, right? It's like well, if you've been writing a blog, you don't start with a blank page. You you've actually written a few hundred pages of a book already. You just didn't realize it. And Mark, because when you imported your book, it was huge, right? I don't remember. It was a, it was a few thousand pages, right? Well, so, yeah, I mean, so, and this is maybe part of the, the iteration. I'll tell the story from my side. Um, yeah, I was interested in kind of experimenting with this. And if, if I had heard the term blog barf, I would have called my, I published 2011 post. I would have called it blog barf 2011. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's, a, awesome, that's a technical term. That's, awesome, that's, a, that's a very sophisticated technical analysis. Uh, that's an awesome way of referring to that. But um, I'm trying to remember, like, I first stumbled across, it might have been, you know, early 2011. And, you know, my blog goes back all the way to 2005. And I didn't necessarily want to publish because I'm in, you know, embarrassed by these old cruddy posts and it's not as relevant anymore. But my, you know, my only option was to try to import everything. And uh, LeanPub kind of choked on what my blog was trying to barf out. This is a horrible way of saying it now. But <laughs> it, it's just, it, I don't you know, it didn't work because it was just too much of a, a feed coming out of WordPress. Yeah, yeah, we we uh, well we've evolved a lot over time. Right? The, yeah, but way back when you started with LeanPub, you know, LeanPub at, at one point we thought so. It, as we evolved this product, we thought, okay, look, people writing a book should be as easy as writing a blog. Hey, why don't we use a blogging platform as our starting point? And so the first version of LeanPub that launched was actually based on a forked and hacked up version of WordPress MU, uh, like the multi-user WordPress. Um, back when there was a separate you know separate thing. Um, and so it turns out that as we, you know, when we launched this thing and iterated and we talked to people, we realized that, well, WordPress MU is a great place to write a blog, but it's not a good place to write a book because, you know, a book is just so much longer. There's just like, 
the the or you don't want to go through the the process of curating and editing a whole bunch of stuff down into book length and book quality in your web browser. Like, and we didn't want to use it personally. And whenever you're building in a startup and you're building something you don't want to use, there's like a serious hardcore red flag there, right? Um, so we evolved LeanPub away from being based on WordPress to being something that said, you know what, the the core of the idea that we got right was the idea that it's good to start with a blog if you have one. Yeah. And then let's just jumping in from the author side. You know, if anyone trying, you know, listening as an author considering this, you know, the the idea was either to you know export your blog, or if I have this right, you could have used WordPress as a way of writing chapters and formatting it and doing things in that. Yeah, editor. yeah. You can start from scratch. Mm-hmm. In, in Lean, you could have started from scratch, but then you'd be like sitting in like Tiny MCE, which is like the the WordPress HTML editor, typing your book, right? And that's not you don't want to do that. Like people, what we realized is okay. People want to be able to start with their blog if they have one. But people want to write books on their computers, like using whatever text editor like they like. So some people like Mac users like TextMate, or if you're a Windows user, you know, Notepad or, or whatever. Like whatever text editor you love. I mean, Scott and I are geeks, and so we use Emacs. Um, you know, but like but you should be able their, to use whatever you want. Whatever you tool you want Not to a web use. browser. Now, I didn't notice I didn't say Microsoft Word there because yeah. nobody actually wants to use that to write a book. <laughs> Having written two books where I was forced to use Word both times, I can conclusively state that. Um, so, yeah, so we're based on the idea that the right way to write a book is to use your, te- your favorite text editor on your own computer or on your iPad, and then everything should just magically work from there. And so we did that. We, we, we used Dropbox. So thank you, Dropbox, very and, much. And by the way, drop the idea, the initial idea from Dropbox came from one of our customers. He was just, he like, was why like, can't I use Dropbox? Why, why aren't you just using Dropbox? And we were like, why aren't we just using Dropbox? Yeah, and then it was nice because we had the idea ourselves, and one of our developers did. Um, and and we were like, yeah, we could do that. And then, but we didn't, we didn't keep going. Like none of us, not even him, none of us thought like thought about saying drop everything. This is what we should do. And then a customer is like, why can't I use Dropbox? And it's like. You know what? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, and yeah, we actually had thought that, but we didn't think it hard enough. Yeah. Well, I tell you, as you know, from, from my perspective, I mean, for I'm, I'm a, a pretty heavy Dropbox user, but that worked brilliantly. So this, um, I don't know if, you know, version 2.0 is the right way to say it, but, you know, once you guys moved on from this WordPress approach and, you know, I uh, was successfully able to publish, you know, my uh, Best of Lean blog 2011 book, um, it was it was a much different process of, you know, doing doing the import, but then having the ability to go and pretty easily uh, edit things. Um, you know, I'm I'm a, a non technical person, so this is my first exposure uh, to Markdown as a right. formatting language. I embarrassed myself in front of a technical guy that I work with when I called it Markup, and he kind of gives me that look. He's like, oh, "It's Markdown." <laughs> There's actually a joke there. That's why it's called Markdown. Is that he doesn't like Markup. Ah. So he doesn't want like things. They think about like HTML, mm-hmm. right? Oh, it's like there's a bunch of crap in angle up. brackets yeah. around your stuff. Yep. Like you don't actually want that. You want like as little as possible. Which is why, like, I mean, think about like all the other plain text ways you can write a book, right? There's like Doc Book, which is the way that like some technical publishers make their authors use. And so and that's you just know, XML. That's you like being forced to write a book in XML. It's pretty horrific because Scott actually has did, did this to himself. So he's he's got a good pain tolerance, but. Um, <laughs> You know when he was working on his book, but so you don't want to write your book in in XML. You just don't. Like writing should be as like you, you and your words. 
right? And if you have some figures, then you your words and then insert your figures. But it shouldn't all be – what you shouldn't be doing when you're writing is focusing on layout and focusing on, like, all this other garbage around, like, you know – this you title should, text should be prettier, and this should be yeah, you should be and, and write, You write your book, words. write the words, click a button. And that's what, that's what Markdown is the closest thing we found that lets you do that. And I, I don't know how – do you agree with that, Mark? Is Did you find that once you got used to Markdown, it got out of the way and just let you write? Yeah, and you know, I'd be curious if, if I were to sit and do like Jamie and Flinchball and write something from scratch. Um, yeah, you know, I, I imagine it would be a pretty clean – Trouble-free writing experience. There's things that I, I think I would have to learn, you know, like, uh, you know, let's say tables and, and footnotes, and, and I'm sure there's a way of addressing that. You know, yeah, and we added we added some stuff, like, above and beyond just to, to support things, like, slightly cleaner. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, by the way, speaking of, like, in terms of bloggers and Markdown, like, the creator of Instapaper, I think he made his, like, a number of people have made blogging engines based on like the idea of write your blog in Markdown. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one called Jekyll that the GitHub guys did. Yeah. There's also the Instapaper creator. Marco? He made his own. Yeah. Okay. He made one as well. Yeah, like this yeah. is like number, a number of people have made their own blogging engines based on Markdown just because it's such a pleasant way of writing HTML, um, which is what, what John Gruber, the, you know, the Daring Fireball blog, blogger, created Markdown to do, as to be a really pleasant way of writing HTML. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, I maybe bring it back to my experience again with the lean blog book. So, you know, this Dropbox method using Markdown, um, you know, I was able to figure that out. You know, I, I, I used to do, you know, very basic raw HTML stuff back in like, you know, the mid 90s. And so I'm like, OK, I can kind of get back into that mode of, of, of learning the syntax. And even though I'm, I'm not uh, a developer, but, um, you know, some of the other things I noticed and, and this is where you know, I give you guys a lot of credit when I've talked to others about working with LeanPub. That you know, kind of like a lot of early products, um, you know, there's there's things that there's glitches, there's things that don't work, uh, there's things that you would maybe like to work better. And you, know, you the two of you were um, always very responsive and very nice about taking feedback and um, taking those ideas. And I've seen you know a lot of these new features um, pop back up. So you know, a couple that stand out to me are the ability to import just um, a period of time from your blog. Yeah. You know, is, yeah. is something that, you know, if I was going to go back and do blog barf 2010, I would use that feature to just, you know, pull in those, uh, to pull in those posts. And so I can see that, that iterative, um, I don't know if you're calling it continuous deployment, but it seems and feels like that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, well, yeah. we, we have our, there's a couple things there. One, just about the blog work question. You're making best of. You're not. You're you're doing a bit of curation and editing. So that's that's and so that's not. That's good. That's what we want, right? We just like the idea isn't that you import the thing and don't even look at it before it's for sale. It's that you import it and do like for example, one of our authors, she she was working on a book for a traditional publisher and discovered LeanPub, and in four days she imported 15 years worth of her blog made a book and finished it and shipped it and it was for sale and selling as a way of procrastinating from working on her quote-unquote real book because the experience of LeanPub and writing it was so good, right? Um, and so the, that's the idea of like your blog is a good starting point and you just whittle away all the stuff that doesn't belong there and then voila, you have a book. But yeah, um, but to Mark's point, to like, point, so yeah, we we definitely, we love getting feedback from our authors and, and, our, and their their customers as well, the readers. Um, And you can't just say yes to everything. So there's definitely a hard balance between um, listening 
and saying yes to everything and always saying no to everything. And Peter and I go back and forth on yeah. this. I, I say no way more and Peter says yes way more. And so we push him. Yeah. And we for, push him for example, general, I'll pick one of the ones where I actually said no, where I was like the, the, the hard liner where, for example, we created the feature for variable price, right? Where we allowed a book to have um, a variable price and we rolled it out to like, we, we made it the default choice just at a period where we started getting some really successful books. And then we got to see a whole bunch of data about how these books were doing and how the suggested price variable price mechanism worked. And it was like, we had enough data where we could just conclusively state, this is just flat out better. And so when we made that decision that look, it's just better then the natural corollary from that was, okay, if an author chooses fixed price because they think it's simpler or they think they're, they, they think the variable price might can be confusing or whatever, then they're costing themselves money. And like literally we're actually taking money out of authors' pockets if we let them choose fixed price. And it's like, so we love our authors. We really do love our authors, every one of them. And we want them to have the best product possible. Therefore, we should take this option away. And, you know, and it's like, and we very rarely take things away, but this is one thing we did. And, and, um, you know, and, and we're happy we did that because like people, you know, people get more money well, and that's yeah. win-win. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, you guys probably remember, I mean, I, I kind of pushed back a little bit and I was like, yeah. Hey, what? You were actually the outlier. You were the only, you were the <laughs> probably most upset person well, or actually the only upset person. Well, and but I that's fine. That, and I think it's more a matter of saying, Hey, help me understand. This. We communicated badly. <laughs> yeah. No, we I did a crap job communicating. Yeah. I think that was, it was more, we didn't communicate that one. Well, we learned from that. Absolutely. Yeah. That was, and that was really good that you yeah, told us that. We did, we did this for good reasons. Yeah. Right. Cause right, so like, I, I didn't mean to throw you under the bus on that. No, 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 no. And the thing is that since that's, this is the great thing about it, right? Since the, the royalty structure of lean pub is 90% minus 50 cents, then at every price point, it makes more sense. Like basically the more money you make then at every single price, the more money you make, we make like the better you do, the better we do. Right. So we're totally, and so therefore we want you, we, we like pricing is really, really, really hard especially on an in-progress book that's say currently only 30 pages, but you expect it to be 300. And so we were convinced that the only, like this is one of those things that like seems like a detail or a distraction, but then after you build it, you realize this is one of the core features of the product, right? It's like, if you think about Kickstarter, right? Because Kickstarter is doing great, wonderful things for all kinds of products, right? The idea of letting people like selling this selling varying like variable price points like if you're a super fan you can buy like you know um you can you know with the new ipod dock thing that you know this guy did you know you can buy like two of them in a special color and you know or buy one and like you can yeah. like people can sell something at a whole bunch of different price points and and this was all born really out of us watching our authors struggle with pricing yeah, and doing lots of experiments with pricing and agonizing over it, and then also going and looking at other startups and saying, "Wow, the stuff that these guys are doing." And yeah, and the other thing is, with our launch, with our before you're published page. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So this is this is the interesting thing. So think of it this way: when you when you when we made it when you made a book before you published it, you have that page saying, "Hey, do you want to sign up to get notified? What would you pay?" Right. So people put in what they pay. And the numbers would be all over the map. There'd be lots, with one of them had a whole bunch of people signing up waiting to get notified. And there, there'd be lots of them at $5, lots of them at $10, some at 20 So the question is, what should the author charge? And so our first response is, well, we're geeks. 
So we went and did a bunch of, I, I, I hold my hand up to this. I actually went and did a bunch of like calculations. So it's like, okay, we'll show you as an author. If you want to maximize your profit, charge this. If you want to pick a price that at least 75% of your interest readers will, will pay, charge this. If you want blah, blah, blah. And right. Like, so it's like back to economics 100. Yeah. Right. And it's like <laughs> consumers. And, and literally we put that on the page. Like if you do like yeah. your, your, and we, that page still exists sort of as a throwback to when it mattered. Right. Um, but it doesn't matter now because all it really matters is look, do you want your book to have a free minimum price, which we discourage, but we allow, or do you want your book to have like a cheap minimum price, like five bucks, three bucks, two bucks, whatever. And then what should your suggested price be? And so as long as you take the approach of, look, pick a minimum price that you're willing to commit to mm-hmm. and then experiment with your suggested price. Make your suggested price aspirational. Like, what do you expect this thing is going to cost at the end? Then with that, you get to hit, like, you get the full continuum. You get the people who, like, have, you know, I mean, it's down economy right now and stuff, but they have lots of money. They'll just pay your suggested price. They want, you know, um, they expect they'll get their money's worth. Or people who are like, you know what, right now this book has a minimum price of $2, so let's drag that slider down. Mm-hmm. Um, or everything in between. Or else, you know what, I'm a big fan, I've read your blog for two years, I'm giving you more than your suggested price. Yeah, you Because yeah. your ideas are worth that to me, I'm dragging that thing up. I want, this is, a, it's in some ways it allows it to become a bit of a tip jar. Yeah. Thank right. you for, for all of the, like I've spent hundreds of hours reading your stuff, I think I can give you more than $5. Yeah, <laughs> or else like, Hey, that price of ten dollars is a good idea, but instead of me paying ten dollars, I wish you were making ten dollars. Mm-hmm. And so, with that, since on our the pay, pay the checkout page, you see that slider that shows not only the price but also the author royalty. People can grab that royalty slider and drag that up to be yeah. like, I want to make sure the author gets ten dollars. And so we'll look at our logs and be like, Oh, somebody just bought a book for eleven dollars and sixty-seven cents. Why did that happen? Well, it's because it's a ten-dollar royalty, yeah. right? So you know the fact that we we're so transparent about things means that the, you, the author, get the benefit of people wanting to make sure you're doing well, right? Yeah. So speak, and, and speaking of, of, of doing well, I mean, you talk, we, we've touched on some of the iteration in the product itself. Uh, you know, as much as you're comfortable talking about this, I mean, you said the authors make money, you make money. Have you done any iteration around the business model itself? That's a common thing in lean startup land? Or are you still yeah. kind of evaluating and, and seeing how that works? We're just actually launching something uh, Monday that is like the next big iteration of our business model, which is currently like when you're done a book on LeanPub, what do you do then? Well, you leave it on LeanPub for one, because why not, right? But then what happens? Well, lots of authors have wondered, well, now that my book is done, I, I want to make a print book out of this. So they go to Lulu, right, which is a good thing to do. But they also want to go take that book and put it in the Kindle store and the, the iBook store, right? Well, that and, and, and to be the clear, they're is, totally free to do that. Yeah, you're totally free to do this. It's your book. Yeah, we don't own anything. There's no exclusivity. Right? No locking. Yeah. We don't. We don't own your stuff. It's your stuff. But that said, it's still a pain in the ass to have to go put things in Kindle store and iBook store yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're gonna roll. What we're gonna launch on Monday is the ability to for you to click a button on LeanPub and we'll do that for you. Ah, and, and you'll charge for that convenience. We'll charge, we'll charge money, yeah. Yes. So that'll, that'll cost $99. Uh-huh. Um, but that gets you an ISBN, plus it gets you in the Kindle store and iBook mm-hmm. store. Mm-hmm. And so that's a pretty good deal. That, um, yeah, because, yeah, I mean, I, I'll tell you, I played around with, um, you know, Kindle's pretty easy to work with, but, you, you, you know, to do Lulu, a little more involved, and, you know, you need an ISBN for... Uh, I'm trying to remember which platform. I think Apple. For, yeah, for Apple. You need, with Apple, you need like to have 
you need a, a social security number or an employer identification number, you know, as well as an ISBN. And yeah. it's a bunch of... So if you're not in the States, especially, mm-hmm. it's... We're so Canadian, right? So we have to sign up get the IRS. IRS. Like, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, we had to get an employer identification number for, with the IRS just so that we could publish readers' books in the iBookstore. Mm-hmm. It's like, which is going to be all kinds of fun. Yeah. My accountant's laughing at me. Because, yeah. like, yeah, so now you get to do U.S. taxes for, for us because of <laughs> Apple. But... Um, <laughs> Apple wants it, so we do it. Right. Um, but that's so it's a it's a schlep, right? Like you've have you if you had that Paul Graham post recently about like startups that solve sort of annoying problems, like the the, the Yiddish word of schleps, mm-hmm. like that's a good thing. So right. put, putting things in Kindle store and iBook store is a bit of a schlep, like especially the iBook store. And so if you value your time, oh. then just click the button. Yeah. And, and here's a great thing too. Is it's it costs ninety nine dollars, but if you have outstanding royalties, we subtract those and then just charge you anything left over. Oh. So mm-hmm. and so it's like you know, lots of authors clicking that button won't cost them anything at all. Or else, if you if you have like say sixty dollars of outstanding royalties, you click that button, go to PayPal, and pay us thirty nine dollars. Yeah, and then okay. that's it. So it's like, um, yeah. So we're rolling that out on Monday, and it's the nice thing about this is that it lets one thing that's really hard for us when you think about LeanPub and how we're evolving and growing LeanPub is it's hard for us to figure out what the lifetime value of a customer is as like a lifetime value of an author financially is to us because. Some authors make piles of money, like thousands of dollars. Other authors don't, right? And so what's the average? And then also over the lifetime of LeanPub, well, LeanPub is going strong. So I don't know what the I, – I have no clue right now what the lifetime value of an author is. However, if we can think, okay, of books that get published on LeanPub, say, I don't know, 20 30% will click this button, then – you know, and, and if what's our profit if they do? Well, you know, it should be like, you know, the, the cost for us shouldn't be that bad of, get, of doing all these things to get it into those stores as we get better at it. And so, you know, we should be able to, this will be able to help us, you know, this will be able to help us determine, okay, the lifetime value of, a, of an author is, at, is on average at least block, right? And then that'll start letting us do things like to promote ourselves better. Yeah. Well, and... This is probably a whole different discussion we could have. You know, who who do you define as your customer? I'm seeing it's not a perfect it's not a perfect parallel. You're saying the authors. Authors are customers. Yeah, because yeah. you know, hospitals. I I do work with hospitals and health systems. There's kind of you know the the doctor as customer, but then the patient is also the customer, and the doctor brings a lot of times patients to the hospital. So there's you know a, a lot of times where there's alignment. We're doing the thing that allows the doctor to better take care of the patient is in great alignment, but sometimes that comes in the conflict. Yeah. Here you've got the end readers and you've got the authors. Um, and there's one thing, for example, there's, there's almost always it's lined up. There's one thing, for example, where we've had authors say, look, I want the email addresses of my purchasers, right? I want to be able to email them. Right. And, and, and I understand that because when, when I did flexible rails, I loved having, I made a Google group and people signed up. Right. Here's the challenge though. We want you as an author to be successful and sell as many books as possible. Right. And so if we make it so that you get your readers emails, then our purchase page is going to have to have a bunch of terms of service stuff and explanation about what's going on. And so then the idea of buying a book isn't drag a slider and click a button. It's, Terms of service, here's your email, yada, 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 complicated stuff. We promise not to and, spend. And yeah. it's like, I can't, I, you know, and then the idea, idea of, okay, we're sharing these re- these emails of readers with authors. If we did that, that would just be a big mess. And it would make the act of buying a book on LeanPub terrible. And so it's like, in our author's best interests, we don't give the authors the emails. And so a couple authors have been upset with us about that. But our thing is like, look, okay, we're going to do the next best thing, which is you can email your readers when you publish a new version. You can also 
send a note to your email, all the readers who've kept email turned on, like from a form on our site. And so if you want to create a community that's more than the discuss forum that's on your book or, or Twitter, like, like Twitter is the main way that authors are interacting with readers, but you can also go ahead and create a Google group for your book or whatever, and just email the readers from the, the forum saying, Hey, and you also, yeah, join the group. And, and you also, know what? Like, that's a great idea. Yeah. And also totally we true. think some books will end up doing that. Um, also when they buy your book, they get a thank you note, right? Like you get a thank you thing saying, Hey, thanks for my book. You can just put like the Google group address in that. Yeah. Cause as, as so, the author, I get to configure that. Yeah, you get to set that up yeah. and be what you want. But, um, yeah, so the, like, so idea, yeah. So the way we think about it, authors are our customers, and we try to make them as happy as possible, even though, like, in a, like, you know, but we also, but one way to do that is by being a really, really good, simple store. Yeah. And so that's why, like, for example, with reader emails, we don't share those with authors, you know, and et cetera. So that's, that's the sort of dynamic that LeanPub has to be extremely simple to use both as a author, but also as a reader. Right? Sure. Well, and um, I, I think we'll have to go ahead and wrap up on, on that note, but um, uh, Scott Patton and Peter Armstrong from leanpub.com, uh, really interesting discussion in the, in these uh, two parts of the podcast. I would definitely encourage uh, before hearing a, a final thought from you, uh, each of you um, to listeners, go to leanpub.com. Um, if you want to read uh, the lean publishing manifesto, go to leanpub.com slash lean. Uh, if you want slash to man- oh yeah yeah oh Sorry. slash lean right yeah that's where it's for sale it's also free at slash manifesto ah okay and yeah. then um, anyone who wants to see my my stuff you can go to leanpub.com slash lean blog that'll bring up the um, the 2011 version and if you go to slash lean blog 2012 um, you'll have you can see the the work in progress version um, from that so um, maybe you know for, uh, let me tee things up for a final thought to leave people with or a final thing you'd want to plug or mention uh, Scott if you want to go first um. Um, let me think here I'm, I'm just going to think for a minute okay I'll go so what I think so for me it's it, we, we've talked a lot the real interesting thing is just if you're interested if this podcast was interesting to you you can literally go to LeanPub, regardless of whether you have a blog, create a new book. There's some sample content there. Modify it a little bit and click a button, and then you just see a PDF, EPUB, and Mobi right there that you can read in an iPad, read in your Kindle, and you can just get a sense of, yeah, this is – like if you just play with the workflow a little bit as an author, you'll see, wow, writing a book can be really easy. And all the barriers and all the hassle and all the things that made you not write a book, those are mostly gone now. And just muck with it, kick the tires. And like, if you have any questions at all, email us. Email hello at leanpub.com, where we have a Google group where there's lots of authors interacting. Yeah, so just try with it. Try it. Try to kick the tires, play with it. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I think part of what we're trying to do here is get out of the way and just make it all magic. And that's really great. And then as well, I think if you are a blogger, if you've been writing for a while, you are going to be amazed at how much content you have when you turn it into a book. You're going to be blown away that you've written three or 4,000 pages. Yeah. And, and you, you have no idea. And that if you take that and you take only the top 200 pages of your writing out of three or 4,000, it's, it's going to be, it's going to make you look really good and yeah. you should just do it. Yeah. It's like you're, you're making a, a, a sculpture, right? You've got all this stuff there, just chip away everything <laughs> that's not, that's not necessary. Yeah. Well, great. And I would certainly encourage people to do that, to go buy and read books. Jamie Flinchbaugh's, uh, again, is on there. If you go to leanpub.com, click on the bestsellers tab, you'll see Eric Reese's book. You'll see lots of um, 
cool stuff. Um, and uh, Scott and Peter, um, thanks for working with me and uh, being here today on the podcast. Really enjoyed it. Thanks again, Mark, for having us. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.